Oh, wow. You finally showing your real self. All right. Finally. Rick, we've been waiting on you guys. Welcome to the 13th episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television. Right here Welcome. with Rick Hale, ghost hunter Hello? and author. And this cowboy, <laughs> Stephen Lancaster. You know, it's the 13th. Dude, are you, hold on a second. Are you going to leave that on the entire time? I am. I am. Okay. All right, he's going to leave it on the entire time, folks. I. It's the 13th episode, Rick. All bets are off. Okay. You know, call it unlucky. I call it mm -hmm. lucky. You know, our, our fan base gets a special show. I mean... Well, it's definitely an improvement. You know, people are always saying to me, you know, Lancasters, you're quite the character. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> now I literally am quite now the you're character. A yeah. Pew, 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 pew. The thoughts, views, beliefs, and opinions expressed in this program are not necessarily those of our affiliate networks. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're on episode 13. For those of you who don't know yet, we have launched a um, an official Facebook Watch Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV page. Mm. And the link you guys can see right here on the screen, facebook.com slash, guess what, Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. So not only can you watch your show, our, your show, yeah. Actually, it is your show. It is their show. It, it is. It's for them. It's for the shadows. It you you can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on Facebook. Whatever you like, because Rick and I, when we decided to go for Facebook Watch, we learned that we have two different audiences. Yeah. <laughs> Videos no, on YouTube that weren't <clears throat> weren't getting the the watches. All of a sudden, were the videos the same video on Facebook was getting all the watches. Yeah, I saw that. It's getting like twice and sometimes three times the amount yeah. of viewers that we get on YouTube. Hey, which is kind of cool, you know, because not everybody can make it on a Friday night. Yeah. And uh, I think more people spend time on social media than they do on a video sharing. Well, that, uh, and I mean, m most of our, our fans know that they can go to shadowinitiative.com, Right. And, and watch the archives anytime they want. They don't have to be stuck on YouTube. They can be stuck on our site. You know, mm -hmm. but you can do it on Facebook, like Rick said, and it makes it easier. It makes it easier to share the stuff, comment, all, all that kind of thing. So that's cool. Yeah, and you can also check us out audio on Blog Talk Radio. Exactly. Anytime you want. Driving down so the you, road, so, going to the yeah, store. And you won't have to look at Steven's face. Hey, no, not at all. So anytime you want to listen to us, we're Yeti. Uh, bah, bah, bah. That was supposed to be like ready. <laughs> yeah, that was another dad joke. You guys weren't ready for that. Anyway, <laughs> another dad joke. So Rick, <laughs> you just you just came off of your 60th birthday, man. 
I came off my 47th uh, birthday. Tomato, tomato, whatever. Yes, number 47. Um, I, I feel fortunate to have made it this far. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you have, buddy. Mm-hmm. So, what do we have for everybody today? We have, I mean, it, it's our 13th episode, but we have got some great stuff. Oh, it's jam-packed, Rick. I mean, as yeah. always. That's, that's what people expect. You know, we're like that candy machine that you put 50 cents in to get that one Snickers and two fall out. Mm. And you're like, oh, you kind of feel like you're stealing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, you kind of, you know, you guys are our, our, our band of thieves, the shadows, our band of thieves out there. Because you're getting such an excellent show. But tonight, we, of course, we've got Rick Hale's Ghost Watch, and he is doing it on Frank Shaver Allen House. Yeah, correct. The Frank Shaver Allen House in uh, Joliet, Illinois, which is about about 45 minutes to an hour southwest of Chicago. Yeah, so for me, it's about 45 minutes to an hour to 23 hours. <laughs> Something like that. And we also got, we're going to talk about the number 13, why the number 13 is so infamous for being unlucky, superstitions amok. Uh, we're going to mm. cover some, two. we're going to go over two really quick, uh, interesting things that came up in the paranormal news this episode. We've got the creature of the week, which is the Boojum. Never heard of it. It's the Boojum. Guys at home, it's basically a variation of Sasquatch. But the Boojum has some some interesting quirks that are a little bit of a variant from the the uh, infamous Sasquatch. But we're going to talk about the Boojum. And we've got Haunted Salvage. We're going to kick this thing off with Haunted Salvage with video to prove that this object is actually haunted. It's an interesting piece of video. I watched it many, many times, and I cannot wait for our shadows to see it. Yeah, so that's what we got on the show tonight, guys. So we're gonna we're gonna kick it off. Leave your comments. Hit us up on Facebook. You guys know the drill at this point. You see all these massive plugs that come across this show all the time. They're on the screen. You know, I know you can't copy and paste the screen, but at this point, you should just know. Anyways, guys, check out this commercial. When we come back, we're gonna kick the show off. Episode thirteen with a segment of Haunted Salvage on a Hauntum Totem that came straight from Korea that is more than meets the eye. So you guys mm. hang tight. We will be right back. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend, Chris Beck, and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman II, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.com. And welcome back to episode 13 of the Shadow Initiative with myself, Ghost Hunter, and uh, author Rick Hale, and with uh, Stephen Lancaster, 
uh, author and paranormal investigator. Hey, Stephen, so uh, number 13, and we have something really interesting to see. It is a Hauntum Korean totem. Now, I love this thing, and I love this footage, and I cannot wait for people to see it. It's Haunted Salvage. You know, we I, I've I've been receiving quite the request to like, hey, let's you guys talk about all this haunted stuff in there. Let's start seeing more of it. So I thought, you know what? I'll, I'm gonna do this guy today because I have actual video footage to back this thing up. This was a mm -hmm. gift. This was actually given to my wife. Um, her son was in the military, and he was stationed in Korea. Well, his wife had bought this as a gift. Now, the irony, if you want to call it that, is this is actually a symbol for protection against hmm. evil spirits. Okay, now when you guys see the video, it makes you wonder, it, it's not for protecting me, obviously. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Damn near killed you. Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had a, a, a lot of inquiry about that. I've had people actually offer to buy it. I, I had written about it in a book. There's, there's, there's actually a matching one that goes with it. That one's split in half. I'm not even sure where the other one's at at the moment. Um, but I kept the one in my uh, studio here that showed haunted tendencies. In right. this video, what you are seeing is our old bedroom. And, of course, we have surveillance running through our house. Um, just because you never know. With the haunted stuff that's in here, with the Norman, the doll saga, surveillance is everywhere at our house. Except in the bathrooms. Because nobody wants to see what I do in there. Anyway. No, we do not. Uh, <laughs> um, although, it'll be great when we take these pee breaks during the show. I could cut to camera B bathroom and it you know it shows me in the bathroom <laughs> i don't know anyway so to set this up guys I, i'm sitting in our old bedroom i used to have a computer desk in there that's where i would write and i was actually working on a book at the time i think it was the first norman book i want to say and this was five years ago i'm alone in the house other than the dogs and the, the dogs may have even been outside because as a matter of fact they were because after I reacted, if they were in the house, they'd have been in the room with me. But um, my wife at the time was a uh, wound care nurse for a nursing home. So she was at work. And it's just me. And I'm sitting there typing away, you know, working on the book, taking a drink. And all of a sudden, something comes at me from behind. And I jump up and I'm like looking around like, you know, what in the world was that? You know, and I, and I finally look behind my chair and I find this on the floor. Now what's interesting is this was sitting on a bookshelf all the way across the room. All the way across the room. So we're saying 10 feet away. So you'll see really quick in the video, after I pick this up and look at it, I kind of jerk to the right and that's where I cut the video. The reason I jerk to the right is because that's where our surveillance um, monitor is. Because I'm immediately thinking, oh, this is going to be on surveillance. So I, I jerked to the right to go ahead and get on the surveillance and find this clip. So this Korean statue K-1 
came straight from Korea, uh, supposed to be for protection, was thrown at me. And, the, you know, I, I sent the video to my wife while she's at work, and she pointed out the orb. And I'm not much of a subscriber for orbs. Um, Neither am I. But this is really interesting because when you watch the clip, right before this thing falls behind me, you see just come out. It looks like about the size of a softball, maybe a baseball. This, an orb, a sphere of some sort. It comes out, and then this thing's thrown. It comes out, this thing's thrown. And, and I had the video set up um, to where you see it in real time. You, you'll see it in slow motion. You'll see the little arrows pointing so you can see. So it was almost like that was spiritual energy, if you want to kind of go that direction with it. Because the, the, the timing is just immaculate, you know. And, and the, the, it, goes, it comes on the screen and comes off like a jerk. You know, dust particles and stuff like that floating around the air don't move like that. You know what I mean? It was just like this, Rick. You've seen it. so Yeah. No, it, I've seen it. Dust doesn't move like that. So you guys, check out this video of the Korean statue of spiritual protection being thrown from about 10 feet across the room to behind me. And watch and see that orb thing kind of come out. And uh, after you guys watch that, we're going to get Rick's take on this, so check it out. Alright, so you guys just checked out the video, and I'm going to leave the video kind of loop here as Rick's talking. He He's seen it. You guys have heard the story. Yeah. There's not much else to it. That's that's the story. That's the origin story. That's the only time this thing has ever done anything. What do you think, Rick? Well, I'm looking at it, and when I first looked at it, of course, the first thing I saw was uh, the, the light anomaly. I don't like orbs, so I'm going to use the word light anomaly here. Uh, just the very term bugs the shit out of me. So the way it kind of like comes into frame was almost like, 
boop, boop, boop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like I couldn't help but laugh at it. And then all of a sudden this thing just drops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course my first thought is, where was it coming from just above you out of frame? But it it comes down pretty fast. Yeah. As if it's been thrown from a different direction. So here's my take on it. I think that this was not out to necessarily harm you in any way. Mm-hmm. It was out to get your attention and to kind of mess with you a little bit because, I mean, you know, let's face it, ghosts, spirits, they're going to have a sense of humor too. Oh, sure, I would. And I definitely think where this, yeah, and this is definitely where that sense of humor comes into play. I, I think something was messing with you and and messing with you in a good way, not in a bad way. Now, now I've also considered, um, I was writing the first Norman book, we were dealing with the Norman activity in the house. And I all, right. and, and in the Norman book, I say what I'm about to say to you, that it's almost like it was a jab from him. Mm-hmm. You know, taking something that's supposed to be spiritual protection and saying, yeah, buddy. And, you know, just, you know, <laughs> this really works. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I part of me has to think that maybe uh, the entity that was haunting Norman had something to do with it. But like, like you said, it, it didn't hit me. Um, mm-hmm. I did, I, I did have a weird feeling on the back of my neck, like something did touch me, but the video yeah. clearly shows that it didn't. It just like skimmed, you know, right behind me. And that, that spheres just, that's the part that really throws me off is because dust doesn't do this. Yeah. It, it doesn't come into frame like that as if it's sort of looking at the at the camera that that's kind of the way i see it is like mm-hmm. i said it's it's like a boop 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 it just sort of goes in there looks at the camera and then tosses whatever's there but um yeah man i mean i i have no reason to doubt this and the thing that really really gets me about this is your reaction mm-hmm. like your reaction was very real oh, yeah. um so i mean obviously this your reaction is not staged and this Activity isn't staged, but still, I, I stand by my original assessment that this is something that's, you know, having fun with you. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I think so, too, because, again, it's it's actually set back here for every episode of the show, and it's never done anything, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you see now, you know, Lester's all styling over here for you now, Rick. Yeah, I thank God I can't even say. Oh no! Look at he's go like, away, Lester. He's like, check it out. He's he's all sprawled out for you, buddy. Oh God, get that thing off the screen. I got no, keep... no, 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 no. The the, uh, the dummy's okay. Get yeah, he's fine. But <laughs> which dummy? <laughs> you need to clarify uh, but... these things, Rick. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you know, with but you have got so much stuff in your house that has a history of activity. So it, it could have been Norman. Mm-hmm. It could have been something that is attached to the, um, to the totem mm-hmm. because let's face it in, in Asian mythology and folklore, they have got a huge amount of spirits and, um, you know, things that deal with good luck, bad luck. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a, um, Asian cultures are ones that I love and respect, 
and they have a you know a beautiful cosmology of um of spirits i agree so with that being said guys leave your comments what do you think you've watched the video loop you've seen it at different speeds all that stuff i think it's an interesting piece it's definitely cool to keep um with all my haunted salvage when we come back rick is going to take us down it's like we're going to be on sesame street today's number is 13 13 i wish I, you know and we got a puppet so maybe maybe lester can take over that i don't know but you guys stick around we're coming back we're going to talk about the number 13 and we're going to throw you some paranormal news that you do not want to miss We've got a guy who is shooting at ghosts, and we've got a woman teaching witchcraft to children. <laughs> so, you guys... I don't have a problem with that. But <laughs> you guys, uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. And welcome back to the 13th episode of the Shadow Initiative TV with myself, Rick Hale. And as always... Stephen Lancaster. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Happy buddy. to have you here. Thank hey, buddy. You. So uh, <laughs> you are quite welcome. Um, so 13, this is um, something in Western civilization that people have been fearful of for as long as I can remember. Oh, yeah. And oh, this yeah. is, you know, and, and it's not something that's fairly new. So and it is so prevalent, this Fear of 13 that it actually has a name and it's a big name so it is um, and believe me when I say this I practice this a hundred times and I'm probably still gonna mess it up but it is para skeva deca triophobia that sounds like something Harry Potter yell right before he flicked his wand exactly exactly so I mean yeah so this is so prevalent that this actually has a uh, has a name and um i'm sure we're probably going to get somebody in the comments who's like he either pronounced it correctly or he mispronounced it and you know what hey man that's okay it's a new word for me so okay so para skeva deca triophobia um the fear of the number 13 so a, a lot of people wonder it's like what is the origin of num of the fear of number 13 and there's actually a few different areas where people um, feel that this comes from. The first one, Coven of Witches, which, you know, we're going to be going, talking about that in a little bit. 13. Okay. Or Friday the 13th is based on uh, the historical fact when the Knights Templar were um, betrayed by the King of France. And it happened on Friday the 13th, and I think it was in the year 1314 AD. And um, they were betrayed and put on trial and um, subsequently executed for their worship of the Baphomet. So, but this fear of 13 goes back much further 
in time, Stephen. I mean, this is not just something that goes back six or seven hundred years. This is something that goes back 3,000 years, maybe even 4,000 years. So the origin of the fear of number 13 actually comes from um, 1792 BCE, before the Common Era. And it's believed that Hammurabi, who was a Babylonian king, he reigned from 1792 to 1750, did not put a 13th rule into his... um, uh, code of laws mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is that they called it back then. And um, he, because it was believed that he thought the number 13 was somehow unlucky. So, you know, a little bit more about um, Hammurabi is, is that um, as we all know, he was the guy who um, expanded the city state of Babylon along the Euphrates river to, uh, to unite all of Southern Mesopotamia. So this was a guy who ruled with a lot of power. And this was a guy who um, was very superstitious, as most Babylonians were. They had a huge um, amount of gods and goddesses and demons. And, um, you know, he was he was terrified of the number 13. Jumping ahead a little bit more into history, into ancient history, a lot of people also think that 13 comes from Judas Iscariot, being the 13th person who arrived at the Last Supper, mm-hmm. where, of course, later, as we know, um, he betrayed Jesus Christ uh, for, you know, 13 pieces of silver. So, again, you know, there is there is a more ancient history behind the number 13. I, myself, I've already stated that I don't really... Um, uh, I'm not really superstitious about this number. Um, it's, you know, um, Friday the 13th comes and goes, and it's like, yeah, cool, it's another day. Mm-hmm. But uh, not everybody feels that way. Um, Steven, what are your thoughts on the number 13 and Friday the 13th? Well, I'm not a, I'm not a superstitious person. Um, I have my tics, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't really call that, call them anything based on superstition. The 13 right. thing... And, and you said it all so eloquently. That's the exact history lesson I would have gave, um, especially the, the ties to Christianity or how it's trying to be tied to Christianity. Uh, it's it's just, at, at this point, it's a brand. Right. 13 is a brand, you know? It, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's become like, a, it's become a, a, almost an urban legend. You, you have so to, to ask yourself, is it a matter of probability? Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you, if you compare it to, like, uh, the eleven eleven supposed phenomena, you know... Which my wife sees. She's one of those people that sees eleven eleven. Just about everybody does. The only people who make a big deal out of it are those who are looking for it. Right. <laughs> That's my personal yeah. opinion, because statistically, the probability in, our, in your entire life, you are going to see the number one more than any other number. Mm-hmm. That's just fact. So that so that it doesn't necessarily symbolize anything, you know. And I think the same could almost be said for thirteen. It's like we talked about uh, a few episodes back of about one event. Uh, we were talking about Mothman and how yeah, um, always always around right before something bad happens, kind of thing. You know, you could do that with anything with thirteen. 
So, you know, if, if something bad happened to you at 1 o'clock, well, in military time, that's 1300. That's 13. You know, or, or something bad happened to you. You can, you can tie it in in almost anything. It's like that six degrees of Kevin Bacon stuff. You know, yeah. but it's, it's, if you're, if you're looking for it, you can tie it in. If you're not looking for it, it just doesn't matter. That, that's, that's where I stand. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I am a big believer in coincidence, and I think that there are things that, that are coincidental, and you may just have a bad day on Friday the 13th. Uh, years ago, back in the mid-90s, I worked cable television, and um, on, a, on a day, it was Friday the 13th in the middle of summer, and I fell down some stairs in a house, you know, trying to go down into the basement to put cable TV. Now, you know, if I was a superstitious person, I would be like, oh, my God, you know, this happened to me on the 13th and I hurt my knee um, or rather I hurt my ankle. It's an ankle that no longer exists. But, um, you know, I my left ankle. But, um, you know, it's kind of like um, so this did this injury that I sustained may have led to the kind of cancer that I had. So this happened on the 13th on Friday the 13th. So if I was a superstitious person, I'd be like, oh my God, you know, yeah, that was Friday the 13th. It came to finally get me. But, you know, I, I just, I can't, um, I can't bring myself to make that kind of uh, leap, logical leap or illogical leap, however, the way you wanna you wanna say it. But, you know, hey, a lot of people do. Well, and, and a lot of people take for granted or, or they don't, really consider the fact that you can influence things you know mm -hmm. depression for one it affects your body it can affect your health stress can affect your body affect your health and if you go into friday the 13th all bugging out <laughs> you know all paranoid something is gonna happen you know yeah, it's absolutely. just that power of suggestion kind of thing you are going to yeah, relate something bad that happened to you because of that day. Yeah, and, and we, we're human beings, and by nature, we F up daily, and f up things happen to us daily. So it's like, yeah, I mean, if you, some people, they just make that leap. They, they, they completely suspend disbelief and think that, yep, 13 has you know, finally come to get me. Well, Rick, with that being said, and in keeping mm -hmm. with our 13th episode, 13th theme, on the number 13, see what I did there? Let's go to you, ABC 13 Eyewitness News. Yes, there is an ABC 13 Eyewitness News, and that, folks, is where today's paranormal news comes from. Rick, you know, you and I, yes. how we feel about these people like our lovely Danny Duffy and his skull hoax and all that stuff and posting it on mm -hmm. just to try to get famous, you know? Yeah. Here we have a paranormal investigator. Here's the headline, everybody. Paranormal investigator, <laughs> paranormal investigator fires gun at alleged ghost inside home. That's the headline. Okay. This guy, Christian, there's got to be more to this than just the headline. Christian Christian DeVoe, who is a self-proclaimed paranormal investigator, aren't we all? Mm -hmm. Okay. We all, yeah. He 
calls 911. And as he's on the phone with 911, he's telling them that there's some kind of intruder in the house. And while he's on the phone, fires off two shots at this intruder. So, be, but then he says that there was nobody there. It was a ghost. When he fired the shots, the person disappeared. So he busted sure it. Was. He busted the ghost with his nine millimeter. Yeah. Okay. First off, what kind of credible paranormal investigator is going to shoot a firearm at a ghost? Creatures, I, I'm, I, I'm down with. Okay. I've done it. Okay. Something that okay. you think is of flesh and blood. All right. Or can be hard, but a ghost, you are shooting a gun. Now, now, okay, this shows you the mentality of this guy. Do you really want him in your home investigating your alleged haunt? Uh, hell, okay. Hell no. No. <laughs> okay, he, his day job, and there, there's some irony to this, is he's a paramedic. So he's Get a, out of town. He's a paranormal investigator and a paramedic. Now... <laughs> Homeboy gets arrested for illegal discharge of a firearm, making a false statement to police, second-degree reckless endangerment, misusing an emergency call, and disorderly conduct. Now, I'm not quite sure how I feel about all those charges, because he was in his own house. How can it be an illegal discharge of a firearm in your own home? Right. Okay. I agree. How can it be second degree reckless endangerment when you're the only one that lives in this house? He didn't endanger <clears> anybody. <throat> now the misusing. Well, the... you know, I mean, I mean, heck, man. I mean, you know, anybody that you know, and anybody, I mean, a bullet's going to go through walls. A bullet's going to go through windows or whatever. I mean, it could right. very well endanger now, anybody we that's just sort of the circumstances. Back. If there was a house next door or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I could see the the uh, you, the misusing 911. I could see that charge. The disorderly yeah. conduct that tells me he he kind of put up a fight to get arrested. And, Probably. Um, I, I could see the making a false statement to police because hoaxing is illegal. I just wish 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 that more shitheads like Danny Duffy actually got arrested for the shit that they do on YouTube, um, because mm-hmm. hoaxing is illegal. Like remember the guy with the saying his kid flew away in the balloon years ago. Oh, I, I, how could I have forgotten about arrested, that? Yeah. Arrested in charges for a hoax, okay? That's yeah. what's supposed to happen. So there you guys go. That, that's our dumbass of the week in the, as paranormal investigator fires gun at Ghost. Okay, it's not like he had a, a, a positron collider. You know what yeah. I mean? Come on, he's using a 9mm, you know, Sigma probably. So we'll jump to this next story, Rick. And See, now, I, I, now that that one's funny. This one, this one I like. Yeah. But you know, it's like I just I, I remember like a story hearing about how uh, there was a police officer who was at an investigation and thought that he would try and arrest a ghost. This was like 15, 20 years ago. So this this is going back a number of years. So it's like, man, you can't stuff when you you can't cuff and stuff a ghost, and you can't shoot a ghost. They're already dead, man. But hey, yeah, th- theoretically, it's a fun story. theoretically, he might have been able to use the taser. Okay. Theoretically, I'm going to have to get a taser now. Yeah. Well, hey, it's the next. It's going to be the next hot thing. All the rage for paranormal investigators. They're all going to start getting tasers now, thanks to this show. 
you know, probably shooting each other on accident. Anyway, this next story, uh, this woman, her name is Andrea Stein, and honestly, I don't have a thing against her. I've mm -hmm. watched her videos. I've watched her promotion for her books. She seems like a genuinely nice person. Okay. I bring this up because I want your comments, Rick, but I also want our, our shadows. Is this right? Okay, now mm -hmm. she's she's released children's books using characters as witches, you know, witches as characters and, you know, stuff like that. But this new book that she's she has coming out is called C is for Coven. Is okay. the is the name of the book, and it's basically a reinterpretation of the classic alphabet book. You know that you sat there with your kid and said A is for Apple. You know B is for boring. You know, and you have a picture of Rick doing Ghost Watch. You know what I mean? That that kind of thing. You know C is for cool, and yeah, you know you have me. Um, anyway, D but, is for dork. <laughs> da, da, da. That's David. <laughs> Anyway, I always taking my jokes. So we uh, we've got C is for Coven coming out, which uses pagan and Wiccan religion mm -hmm. um, to teach the alphabet. Now, I I think this falls on now. Now, if your parents are Wiccans, it, who's to say anything to them? Right. You know, if that's what they're teaching their kid, that's what they're teaching their kid. I mean, what what do you think, Rick? Is is it safe to do something like that, or are you influencing this child and pretty much setting the stage for their life to come? Well, here's the thing. You know, the the Wiccan motto or Wiccan read, as you know, as they call it, um, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Which, hey, I think sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, I actually like that. Um, there's no judgment there. There's no um, um, fire and brimstone there. It's just, it's a very, very simple rule. Um, I have had the pleasure of knowing many witches. They're all, you know, wonderful people, uh, many Wiccans, all, uh, wonderful, beautiful people who really do care uh, the direction that this world is going and really do care how um, how others are treated. You know, it, 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 could, it could be said with any way. I mean, if you're trying to influence your child to be a Christian, if you're trying to influence your child being a Buddhist, you know, like with our son, our 10-year-old son, mm -hmm. we allow him to express himself in any way that he sees fit, as long as no one is hurt, obviously. Um, and he, we allow him to believe in whatever he wants to believe in. I don't want to influence him in any way. If he wants to be a Christian, fine. If he wants to be a Buddhist, fine. If he wants to be a Wiccan, fine. As long as nobody is getting hurt, as long as nobody is being indoctrinated into a cult-type setting, hey, man, you know, as long as no one is hurt, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I in in the reason I I was just playing devil's advocate because I know there's mm -hmm. I know what's going to happen. Uh, she's sure. going to get slammed for this, mm -hmm. you know, because you know I I almost did it myself, and actually my wife taught me out of it. But you you remember way back I put together kind of a, a pilot episode of a show called Kid Paranormal, using yeah. my daughter, and the the premise was she was taking cases from her peers. Kids that were 11 years old thinking there was a monster under the bed. She was taking what she learned from me as a paranormal investigator and going to 
her peers' houses and proving to them that there wasn't a monster under the bed. Sure. Well, recently, a couple of years ago, I That's thought That's actually about, really cute, but yeah, go ahead. I, recently, I thought about taking the premise and doing it as a book called Kid Paranormal, you know, using like Chris Beck to do the, the illustrations for me and, mm-hmm. and have it, to teach kids about the paranormal on their level so they're not sitting there with dad who's watching ghost adventures and thinking that's what the paranormal is about. Right. You know, and I started the project. I even had the cover of it done, and and I just I got talked out of it. Like, like mm-hmm. it just it just wasn't gonna be a thing. But, anyways, guys. So look. Well, not, hold on. I you know I, I just wanted to um, to to say uh, a little bit more about this. Um, you know, uh, again, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, this is up to the person. This is up to the parent. Um, if they feel that their kid is ready for it, you know, my, my son, he's 10 years old. He knows what dad does. He wants to do what dad does someday. And mm-hmm. I told him, I'm like, you know, I was 17 when I did my first investigation. You are entirely too young to go to any of these places. I mean, I just think that, you know, whenever it comes to anything like religion or a belief system, get a little bit more life experience and then decide what it is that you want to believe. And that goes for, you know, mainstream religions, which, yeah, this lady is going to get slammed by them because we have believed this thing in this country that witchcraft or Wicca is somehow evil. It is not. And um, so, you know, hey, again, if nobody's getting hurt, shit, man, go for it. Do it, you know. And and the main main point that I'll, I'll just throw in here at the end is it's teaching a child their ABCs. Mm hmm. That's the main point here. You know, it's not necessarily a brainwashing tool to make them want to become a witch. Yeah. You know, it's to teach them their ABCs in, in, in a creative way that works with people who are Wiccans. Yeah. You know? Well, it's also like, you know, the whole drag queen uh, reading hour thing that some libraries do. We've actually taken our, our son to one of those. And it's like, who cares if it's a man dressed up like a woman this is a person that's reading to your child that's trying to teach them something. So, you know, you, you kind of got to get past that stuff that's on the surface and look to what is underneath. I agree. So, my thoughts. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick break, guys. We're going to come back. Rick Hale's taking us back into Ghost Watch this week. After Ghost Watch, we are going to do the Creature of the Week, the Boo Diddy, Boo Diddly, Boo something. What was he called again? The Boo Jum. The Boo Jum. This is a new one to me, ladies and gentlemen, so I cannot wait to hear about it. That's right, folks. You only hear about this shit on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. Killer Jello, Boo Jums. Yeah, that's right. Here. The OGs. Anyways, guys, watch this commercial. We're coming right back with Rick Hale's Ghost Watch and the Boo Jum. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, 
I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. Welcome back to the 13th episode of the Shadow Initiative with Stephen and Rick. Today, we are going to be traveling to Joliet, Illinois, which is on the southwest side of Chicago, to the Frank Shaver Allen House. Although most people desire to keep their haunted home off the radar, there are several where the haunting was so intense they couldn't help but go public with the unnerving details. The Frank Shaver Allen House in Joliet, Illinois is a perfect example of this, and there can be two words to describe this house and the other homes that I want to take a look at in future ghost watches. Truly terrifying. The Frank Shaver Allen House is the namesake of Frank Shaver Allen, a prominent architect native to Joliet, Illinois. Allen built the house in the style that made him famous, Richardsonian Romanesque. Adding to his impressive portfolio, Allen designed the Christ Episcopal Church and the Kenosha High School in the Gothic Revival style. Both buildings are listed on the National Register of Historic Places. The house that bears his name does not share in the honor of being on the prestigious list. Nevertheless, it does have an altogether different distinction. The Frank Shaver Allen House is considered to be one of the top 10 most haunted houses in the United States. The house appears to be almost infested with spectral inhabitants hell-bent on running anyone off who is courageous enough to reside behind its four walls. And so far, the ghosts have not failed in their endeavor. The house gained national recognition in the 1970s when a local journalist and a group of psychics visited the house. They had heard rumors that the family, who has gone unnamed, living in the house were experiencing a haunting and wanted to see if there was any truth to what they had heard. The psychics desired to help the family who lived in the house for almost a decade and remained in a constant state of anxiety anxiety caused by terrifying episodes that held them in its iron grasp of fear. According to the family, the terror began shortly after they moved in and began decorating their new home. Their young son was the first to complain that something was not quite right with the house. The couple's son complained of the ghost of a little boy and his nanny visiting him as he played alone in his room. At first, his parents laughed it off, believing their boy was lonely and was merely creating imaginary playmates. All that changed when the boy described in disturbing detail how his playmates wanted him to join them in the grave and play with them forever. It was after that bizarre first experience, the activity in the house got progressively worse. As the days passed and the activity became unbearable, another more terrifying apparition presented itself. The apparition of an elderly woman appeared to the family. Whomever this ghostly old lady was, she seemed to take morbid delight in frightening people. 
she was said to suddenly appear with a twisted look of madness in her eyes. She would let out an ear-splitting, cackling laugh before vanishing before the horrified eyes of anyone unlucky enough to encounter her. Appearances of unnerving apparitions wasn't the only unexplained activity the residents experienced. Without warning, doors would suddenly swing open and violently slam at all hours of the day and night. Household items such as books, plates, and glasses would inexplicably leap off shelves and float across the room before crashing to the floor. Deafening bangs on the walls were heard, bangs so intense they shook the house to its foundations. And lastly, to add a dangerous dimension to the apparent poltergeist activity, fires would suddenly spring to life, burn brightly, and then extinguish themselves without causing any damage. After enduring the nightmarish environment of the house for a decade, the family finally escaped and moved as far away as they possibly could. The Frank Shaver Allen house sat empty for many years, having gained a reputation for being a literal house of untold horrors. According to people who visited the house, the haunting appears to have gone dormant. Except for the occasional disembodied voice, unexplained noises, and cold breeze that blows through the house, it appears to be quiet. The Frank Shaver Allen House is currently on the market, and you can buy it at a very low, low price. That is, if you dare to purchase Joliet's most notoriously stigmatized property. I'm Rick Hale. This was Ghostwatch. I, I, I feel like it's like every time she's like... <laughs> like... That's right. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, Frank Shaver Allen house is a uh, is one of those homes that you know they they try to keep it off the radar, but they just can't seem to do it. You know, every every town has this house, this kind of a house mm-hmm. where you know it it comes to be known as haunted, and uh, you know Joliet, um, you know which is which is kind of like you know not really so much a city. Not really so much a town, but somewhere in between. This is their haunted house. And in future Ghost Watches, I wanted to take a look at these private homes where people live that have, you know, they've sort of come out of the closet, so to speak, with their hauntings. And um, this is also going to coincide with the series that I'm writing for ParanormalStudy.com. And this was number one. Excellent. Well, speak, speaking of writing, you guys at home, make sure if you have a comment for us or anything you want to say, anything you would like us to talk about on the show, shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com, or hit us up in our group that you're seeing on the screen at Facebook, or hit us up on Facebook at Shadow Initiative TV. Uh, Rick, while you were doing Ghost Watch, we just mm-hmm. received an email that I'm going to read. Oh, can't wait to hear this. Um, this is from... Terry Kodnig, who runs the One Step Closer to Madness Network. Right. And he says he continues to watch our show for the day to see Rick snap on Lancaster for (laughs) for calling him boring. Or to see if the doll will end up killing Rick. He later says he... Also likes the part of the show when you were screaming at the camera, am I boring now? And Wait. he would like to see you beat me to death with my barbed wire baseball bat. 
Wait, what? I was screaming? I was boring you? When did that happen? Oh, that was a few shows back. You're like, am I boring now? You don't remember that? No, I don't. Re- oh, yeah, okay, no. <laughs> no, hey, Terry, yeah, it, it, it is a huge possibility that I, I may um, snap one day. I mean, hey, you know, all it takes is one bad day. And it could be on the 13th. And it could be on the 13th. But no, I, you know, I, I, I think that I, I don't want anybody to ever misunderstand that, you know, Stephen, that you and I don't like each other because we actually have a great deal of respect for each other. So so when we joke like this, it's like there there's no animosity. There's no acrimony there. It's just a couple of guys having some fun. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, when I say I'm bored with Ghost Watch. And when I say he's ugly. That really just ugly. means I don't want to hear it. I mean, it <laughs> And I don't want to look at his face. Yeah, so, uh, Terry, thank you for writing in. We appreciate you condoning violence here on the show. Thanks, Terry. And wanting to see Rick killed by Luther over here. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Terry, you might want to get that checked out, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and wanting to see Rick talk to bash, somebody. bash my head in with a barbed wire baseball bat. So... <sighs> I don't know what direction you think this show is going, my friend, but, uh, yeah, we're not looking at a snuff film anytime soon. Mm-mm. With that being said, let's hit Creature of the Week. And, and, and we're going to do what Bo knows... And Bo knows the boojum. The boojum. This boo-jum. is apps. This is this is this one is is new to me. And I've looked at pictures of the boojum, and it, it just looks like some really big guy with, with a lot of hair and wearing uh, o- o- overalls. Well, which, th- yeah, like an old know. hillbilly guy or something. See, um, I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to say it because oh, I didn't I didn't want to offend anybody. Hey, you know I'm always yeti. Anyway, so, wah, yeah, wah. the Boojum, <laughs> it started out when it, you know, and this is in the mountains of North Carolina between Waynesville and Robbinsville, and uh, it really started out basically as another Sasquatch sighting, except there was a difference, a significant difference, that if you think about it could actually be true. The Boojum was originally described with thick, shaggy, gray hair all over his body. So that opens up the possibility that Sasquatch ages. And like, you know, we do. We get gray hair. Maybe the elders in the Sasquatch family do the same. What you got going over there? You getting some boojum? No, no, it was weird. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that maybe it picked it up. But we're sitting here and like all of a sudden, I swear to God, I hear a voice in my house like a whispering voice. So I don't know if if this picked it up, but that was really strange. But yeah, go go uh, go on with your boojum. <laughs> Get down with my boojum self? Down with the boojum. So it was first reported about the early 1900s. And like I said, it, it was pretty much to the T a Sasquatch, but like an elder Sasquatch, an older Sasquatch. Then mm-hmm. came the variations in the, the commercialization of it. Where, like you were saying, it's just a bigger, old, kind of hillbilly, you know, duck dynasty guy that's just out in the woods. He's a hermit, uh, creeping people out. 
And yeah. what kind of lends to that theory is he's a thief. In particular, he likes gemstones, rubies, amethysts, emeralds, uh, sapphires, diamonds, of course. Um, another relation to the Sasquatch is he is it allegedly makes like a hollering sound, kind of like a screech and a hoot of an owl, all kind of put together is what people who have heard this thing. <laughs> Which again, it's said that, that Sasquatch kind of makes a sound similar to that. Um, the reason I picked Boojum today, and you guys have seen the, the various pictures I've put up on the screen from it being a variation of an older Sasquatch to being a hillbilly, <laughs> basically. They've really cartoonized That's the one that it. I saw. They really have cartoonized it uh, and glamorized it in those areas of Waynesville and Robbinsville. Um, there's, there's a brewery that's named after it. It's the Boojum Brewery. You know, they've got the t-shirts. They've got a comic. They've, they've got all kinds of stuff. But what hasn't done that in cryptozoology? You've got right. the Mothman commercialization. You've got Sasquatch selling beef jerky. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's done everywhere. So, with that being said, the reason I'm bringing this up is because in a few months, I'm taking a case in Robbinsville, North Carolina, where the family believes what they call the Boojum, which I believe is a Sasquatch, if it is anything of that nature. Um, kept, they have a cabin up in the mountains. They have not been back to this cabin since 2012, almost 10 years because of what happened one night on Robbinsville Mountain at their cabin. And they claim they saw this big creature kind of walk around the cabin. It was banging on the cabin. It was throwing things at the cabin. They claimed they went out fishing, came back, the door was busted down. Guess what was missing? The wife's jewelry. Do you guys have bears in that area of oh, yeah. the country? Oh, yeah. You Wild boars. Okay. All kinds of fun, fun, fun little critters to play with. Uh, we have wa squirrels. Water moccasins. Anyway, uh -huh. so uh, in a few months, uh, my wife and I and another investigator, uh, another colleague that I've worked with for, God knows, 13 years, we are taking this case, and we are going to be the first people to go up to this cabin in nearly 10 years since that incident. So it's been 10 years since they had their encounter with this creature in the woods. Um, so there could be something there. There's definitely not going to be any evidence left, um, you know, footprints or anything like that, unless it's still sticking around. I'm a little concerned because we're taking the cabin over for the duration of this investigation. And it hasn't been lived in in almost 10 years. The windows could be knocked out. You know, the door was knocked down. They didn't even fix the door. So who knows what condition this thing's going to be in when we get there. So we've got to go prepared. Lots of batteries. Lots of alternate ways to charge our devices. We're going to be roughing it, so to speak. There's no power. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I did it, did Creature of the Week on the Boojum today as a segue that hopefully this summer um, I can bring some footage from that investigation as a follow-up here on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. And I am I am dying to see that footage. I can't wait to see that. Um, yeah, I, I love I love the legend of Bigfoot and uh, any kind of creature associated with it. Now, and I know in that area of the country, I mean, the Boojum is not the only. Uh, creature mm -hmm. in in that area. I, I know that there's also the puck wedgie, and um, and the hodag. I believe believe it's called. So yeah, I mean, who knows? It could be any one of those. Maybe you guys got like a tribe of puck 
wedgie coming after you. There's there's also been um, Black Panther sightings too. Yeah, which is extremely rare. Uh, so we'll see. But with that being said, guys, we're gonna take our final break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna wrap up episode thirteen with our normal wrapping up antics. So you guys stick around. Check out the One Step Closer to Madness Network for paranormal podcasts, conspiracies, horror, and more. Like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash one step closer to madness. Welcome back, guys. We are wrapping up episode 13 of the Shadow Initiative, Paranormal Television. Rick Hale, Stephen Lancaster. We just had a jam-packed episode 13. For me... Tons of goodness. For me, I, I believe you guys are lucky, not unlucky, to have been a part of it. Mm-hmm. We've covered the number 13, the superstition of 13. You guys saw some haunted salvage, a haunted object that is legit. You saw the proof. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Rick took us down the same road he takes us down every week, which is not boring. See, now I'm being nice, you know, and, and uh, the Ghost Watch segments, which are, which are all going over really well. And we talked about a guy who shoots at ghosts with a 9mm, and we talked about the ABCs of witchcraft. I mean, come on, where else are you going to get this stuff? And the boojum. And the boojum. Yeah, you know what? I, th- I think that's going to be my fun new word to say. I would be like, oh, that's just boojum. Yeah, man. Instead of ratchet, instead of ratchet, it's boojum, yep. man. It's, that's boojum, man. Let's get out of here. You got that, Lester? That's like, hey, Rico, it's boojum. <laughs> <laughs> Eat that thing away from me. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. All right, guys. Well, look, check us out on Facebook. Comment, like, subscribe. All that good stuff, depending on where you're at. If you're here on YouTube, if you're here on Facebook, let us know what's going down. We've got a lot lot in store. And actually, you know, we're going to have my wife on one of these episodes because we're going to be talking about her experiences working in a nursing home mm-hmm. for 20-some years as, well, a wound, right. as a wound care nurse and yeah. the haunting things that she's experienced. She used to take a little audio recorder with her. Mm-hmm. And this would be after, you know, one of her clients or, you know, patients had passed. And yeah. she would she would have communication sessions. Yeah. Um, it's interesting stuff. So we'll bring her on one day and talk to her from, from the perspective of somebody in the medical field of what they have seen. Uh, yeah. Who also happens to be a paranormal investigator. Well, we have that in common. Both of our wives are RNs. Oh, my God. Right? Jeez. What is it with that? This is getting weird, man. It's meant to be. I better not lose a leg. Dude, if I lose a leg, I'm done. I swear (laughs) to fucking God, I'm done. If you do, this is what you have to look forward to. There it is. Now, hey. Live for everybody to see. Lefty. (laughs) Dude, you know what you need to do? You need to get your lampshades, what you need to do. When you're not wearing it, put the lampshade on top of it. 
add that, you know what, this is my second leg, so that's probably what I'm going to do with the first leg, trying what? to figure it out. I, 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 I told my wife that when I die, I want this thing to be uh, cleaned out really, really well, and then just filled with beer, passed around to everybody. I ain't drinking At out my of your funeral. leg. I ain't drinking out of your leg, man. <laughs> Not happening. Not happening. Now, I'll put a cigarette out, like, in your ashes or something. You know, I'll do something respectful like that. But, no, uh, thanks. <laughs> I'll that be like, yourself. here's one for my homie. <laughs> God, we're demanding. Um, hey, here's, here's the thing. Like, I, 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 love the, I love the time of year when, when I have to wear pants, because otherwise I wear shorts, you know, during the does. summer. Well, no. But, I mean, you know, when it gets colder and I wear pants, and I step out of the car, and I'm, you know, parked in one of the disabled spots, and I, I always get the stink eye. Always get the stink eye because, you know, I look like a guy that's just kind of walking around with a limp. So one of these days, man, I'm gonna whip this, whip this thing off and be like, there you go. I should do it. That'd be hilarious. See, I'll be on I, the news. I would have to get inventive. I would put a a, a, a healing on that leg, and then <laughs> just use my other leg, and I just skate everywhere, dude. That's what I would do. I If I lose a limb, you know, okay, your wife's a nurse, my wife was a retired, or she's retired nurse now. Um, okay. If I have to lose a limb to keep this thing going, I hope it's my hand. That way I can do something really cool, like a hook or daggers, you know, just something, a robotic hand like Skywalker. Oh, how about a chainsaw like Ash from the Evil Dead, man? Anything, or even just like something that's mounted, just like this, so I can just constantly be like this to you. Yep. You know, I'm saying, dude, it's my hand. You're not making fun of a guy with a disability, are you? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I can, though, because you would be our people. But yeah, okay, with that being said, we are truly demented here on this show. <laughs> So, hey, Stephen, it was another great episode. Yes, sir. Number 13 is in the books. Bam. All right, guys. So we will see you all next week with special guest Christopher Sutton. We're going to be going the way of the shaman. So, guys, have a great night. We'll see you next week. See you next week.